Hey, what's up? It's Cole, Janine's producer on the podcast. Welcome to the Janine Hernandez experience. It's time to get inspired, step into your purpose, and create a life worth living. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, thank you so much for joining me on another episode of the Janine Hernandez TV show. Today, I am so excited because I have Miss Lizbel Ortiz with us. She is a baker and an author, and she's going to share with us a little bit more about her book. Um, so Lizbel, tell us a little bit about you. I, first of all, thank you so much for having me. When you first reached out to me, my brother sent me a, a snapshot of one of your comments and I was like, oh my God, what is happening? So thank you so much for even having me. Um, this, I am 27 years old. I actually just turned 27 in September. Um, I have been a home-based baker for the past, I would say, 11 years. Uh, that has been my main priority and my focus. And this book has been in the works for the past six to seven years, just in the process of me writing it. And I have finally, finally published it, which in my head, it feels like it's been forever, but I look back and it feels like such a short time. But uh, yeah, I wanted to write this book because I was noticing that so many of the conversations that I was having with my friends were so similar to the things that we were going through as Dominicans, even though there were so many people from different islands and places experiencing the exact same thing. Mm -hmm. But it, it, was, it, were, it was like conversations that we were not able to speak about proudly or to our parents it was like hidden conversations we were just having between us and it was absolutely taboo for you to even bring that up in public and I noticed that me and my friends were having these conversations and we were healing each other we were literally healing and helping helping each other just through talking mm -hmm. and figuring out what these things triggered in us and how it made us who we are and I said what if we could do this on a larger scale like, mm -hmm. what if the situations that we personally are going through, so many others are going through, but I could teach them a way to kind of maneuver and get through these things quicker. Mm -hmm. So that was the main purpose of the book and why I wanted to do it and publish it. Guys, uh, if you are listening or watching, I just want to say that I've read, I've been able to read two of the chapters because she sent it to me, but I'm still waiting for my book to read, but those two chapters were amazing. So you're going to want to, you know, stay tuned for the rest of the interview and grab the book once we are done. Um, so Thank tell you. us a little bit more, the title of the book, and really uh, dive a little deeper on the types of topics that you talk about in the book. Okay, so the title is called Let's Talk About It, Por La Buena La Mala, which I kind of feel like it speaks for itself, but the let's talk about it, that's just a phrase that I've used throughout these last few years to like bring up these conversations in my home and in my friendships and all of these things. And Por La Buena La Mala, I feel, resonates with every Latin, every, every Latin kid in the world. You just know that. Like, we have to talk about this no matter what like it's necessary it's pivotal we have to do this and the title uh my brother was actually the one that helped me come up with the title we were in puerto rico the book was finished and i was just like how what can i name this book what can i name it to capture people mm -hmm. and i started praying i remember i was in the pool and i was like listen god like i know that this is just your vessel you know i'm just your vessel so yeah. i need you to speak to me give me what I need and give me what the people need. So I'm not going to come up with the title. You have to help me because yeah. I know that this is just your work, you know, and I'm just the vessel for it. 
And I remember I was sitting in silence in the pool for like an hour. And my brother came up to me and he was like, yo, what's wrong with you? What are you doing? What's going on? Why are you so quiet? And I was like, I'm trying to think of a title. And he was like, oh, let me try to help you. Uh, and then like 15 minutes later, he we were just shouting back and forth different things. And then he said, por la buena la mala. And when he said that, my eyes like lit up. And I was like, are you joking? Why has that never crossed my mind? Like, that's perfect. Um, the, some of the topics in the book, uh, I would say the first chapter, I wanted to discuss the power of choice and how I didn't know growing up in a Dominican home that so many of the things that were presented to me were just that, presented to me. But I did not have to do this, you know, just because... It was a rule, and just because all of the women in my life before me did it, did not mean that I have to do that. Mm. So I talk about a little bit of the revelation behind that, of, of my, the influence of my mom and my grandmother. Um, I also wanted to discuss childhood traumas and how we love as adults, but we still hide as children. You know, like we are loving and we're doing all of these things as adult 30-year-olds, but we're still children inside because... We haven't healed the traumas and the things that we went through as we were children. Great. So, uh, yes, I wanted to, uh, I really wanted to discuss that. That was so pivotal for me to discuss because I think it's about 67% of Americans have childhood traumas that go undetect undetected and they just don't, they just navigate their life with this and they don't know how to fix it, you know? Yeah. So I really wanted to discuss that. I wanted to discuss the difference in how... Caribbean parents look at the United States of America to firstborn children here. I got to see America for what it was. I would say I got to, I, I was raised with a lot of police brutality, a lot of racism, a lot of sexism. I saw the classism and how they tried to keep Americans in poverty and how they played on kind of the worst things about us. And I wanted my parents to see that side. I also wanted to discuss the racism and colorism in our communities. I wanted to talk about how so much of our hair and our skin is frowned upon, how we tried so hard to assimilate and remove all traces of blackness from our culture yes. just to make others comfortable and so that we can be seen as other we don't want to be associated with blackness but it's the most beautiful part of our culture yes it yeah is. so uh yeah so many different topics um i wanted to discuss that i also have a chapter where i talk about uh pedophiles and how we basically coddle them in our churches because i know that a lot of catholic churches especially where i was raised we saw these things going on but we never spoke about it or we made excuses and we like to pray over people, even though they were hurting others. Um, and how our church, how our churches and our our church groups, whenever something like that happens, they go around the priest. Uh, if the priest is the person who's doing the molesting or hurting children, they go around the priest and they say, "Hey, it's okay. Us as a community, we're gonna support you. We're gonna help you get this out of your system." while still neglecting the child that was hurt by this person. So I try to find, I speak about how I couldn't understand, I couldn't understand the hypocrisy of yep. all of all of the beauty of God and how he loved our children and he forgave us, but 
then there were so many things that we also didn't discuss and we like to sweep under the rug and it was one of those things as a child that I couldn't understand you know and it made me scared of God it made me scared of religion it made me scared of church until I grew up and realized that God is so much more than just what's in this book and what they told us so yep wow okay so like I said I've only read two chapters but this yes. makes me want to read it even more because I resonate <laughs> With all of that that you just said, growing up, wow. I grew up in uh, New Jersey, so and I have, um, you know, first generation parents, and um, and so for me, it's like when you talk about these things, it's like, oh, I've been through that. Oh, I went through that. I experienced that. I saw that. And then also when you talk about the part about our blackness, um, it's something that we don't almost discuss in the in in our community because it's right. like well what is this person going to think of us or is that really me or is that really a part of me and you know so there's a lot of like mixed feelings around it and are we accepted if we do um you know mm -hmm. say that we are and are proud of it so there's just so much that i resonate with and uh, i can't wait to read the rest of it um so Okay, so you have very specific topics. How did you come up with these topics? Because they all kind of go together um, mm -hmm. for the Latino and Hispanic community. But how did you come up with these topics and why was it so important for you to share this? It's not a lot of people talk about them. Right. Um, I actually love that question. Thank you. I think that most of these topics are things that we all go through, um, whether it be mental health, whether it be us questioning our own religion or questioning God, questioning the beliefs that our parents passed on to us, uh, questioning our blackness, questioning our heritage, questioning ourselves, so much of just like self-doubt and trying to navigate with manipulators and just so many things that we all go through, you know? And I wanted to basically, when I essentially started the book, I wanted it to be basically like a homegirl that you needed to talk to when you couldn't act like when you didn't have anybody else you know like so many of my friends go through these things and i'm the voice that tries to lead them out of these dark places and i was like what if i can just create something that people can go into so that they can do that even if they don't know me personally yeah so maybe you do have the same thoughts about me that i do about religion or about god or about uh the sexist men in our family and what they what they what they want from us and how they treat us and how we navigate this world. I just, I wanted you to have a friend in a book or the answers that I wish I had. I always wanted a, when I was a little girl that was very combative and I had so many questions about everything, like everything, everything. My family thought I was nuts, but I wanted to give those answers to those girls, to those people who had those same questions. I just wanted you to have a book full of the answers that I so desperately needed when I was younger. So yes. uh, I would say I came up with the topics just by my life, really. That's because uh, every chapter in that every chapter in that book is a part of me. Yeah. And I really feel like we all have so much to do with with everything in that book. Yeah. When you were um, when you were younger, did you ever think that you would grow up to become an author or or let me rephrase that, or you can answer two-part question. Um, 
when God started to speak to you and say, you have to start writing this book, were you like, oh shit, me? Like, <laughs> you know, how was that process for you? Um, I will say I didn't know that I would be an author, but I will say that I loved reading. I loved reading and I loved writing. Mm -hmm. I remember my third grade teacher, Miss Laskowski, she had won some awards for writing and she told my mom, listen, when she grows up, she's going to be a writer. She's going to be a writer because you could tell that she loves it. Uh, I used to do book reports for fun. Like I would do six of them and I only needed to give one just because I loved reading and I loved writing and the thought process of trying to separate a story to, to how it started and ended. I just loved that part. Um, for me being an author, I had no idea uh, when God did start telling, I'm sorry, when God did, did start telling me and moving me towards this direction, I have to admit I had self crippling doubt. Like I had crippling self-doubt, like where I I was like, there's no way you're, I have to do that. I know that it's on my heart, but you can't tell, you can't put that pressure on me. Like, let me just make my cakes and be calm. Don't put that, all of that pressure on me. I can't be an author. Like, and of course, in our own heads, we like, we, we, we second guess ourselves, you know, it's just human nature, no matter how much you know, no matter what you feel in your heart, you're supposed to do. It's just human nature to be like, I don't know if I can do that, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. And every single book that you write, you're going to have the same thoughts. I promise you, <laughs> I, I have the same thoughts. I think almost every author does. It's that fear of like, me? You want me to yep. tell the story? You want me to write this? Are you sure I could do it? Um, we can be our worst enemies sometimes. What would, you, what would you say to an author that's going through that at the current moment that maybe they know they're supposed to write a story or write a book, but they have that crippling fear? I would say that if something keeps you up at night, it's for a reason. Mm -hmm. If there's some, there's, there's one specific thing that you think about constantly while you're at work or maybe when your mind is resting at bed, that's God trying to tell you. Whether you believe in God or not, maybe it's the universe, whatever you believe in. Mm -hmm. I feel like that's them telling you, this is your calling. This is what you need to do to be happy. And unfortunately, happiness for us is scary. You know, joy is scary. You finding your passion and your art is scary. Because that means you're going to go through so many things that you didn't want to. It's so easy to just live a normal life and say, hey... I'm going to just stay working at this job because it doesn't take too much of my heart. doesn't take too much of, you know, joy, pain or anything. It doesn't feel it just work. I just do this. Yeah. Uh, but when you're do when you're doing your passion, when you're finding your, like life in your art, that takes a different level of vulnerability, of love for yourself, of compassion, of forgiveness. Like it takes so much. So I would say follow your heart. And I know that it seems so far. Like, oh, I want to write a book, but in your head, it feels 10 years ago, like 10 years away. Yep. No, it can literally happen this year. Yep. And I always like what I try to tell people is start today. If if you don't want to write, a, like if you don't have it all put together, just start today. Make a short list. What would you want your book to be about? What would you tell if your publisher was asking you, what would you want your book to be about? I want you to write that little paragraph and think yeah. about it. And that can be your start. That's really it. It's just about breaking past the fear and starting. 
it's really just making that decision and then just starting it, just doing it. Yeah. As sim- as crazy as it sounds, it's so simple. Did you um, self-publish or did you go through a traditional publishing company? Yes, I did. Uh, I did. I went through a publishing company called Palmetto. Oh, wow. Okay. So yes. can you share with us a little bit about your experience in the publishing process? Yes. So with Palmetto, uh, unfortunately, when I submitted the book, my grandfather had just passed away. So I wasn't able to be a super uh, active in it because I was in the Dominican Republic and uh, I wasn't able to call. So everything was via email. But the process was super easy. Once I finished the book, they had uh, an, an editor, uh, editor look over it uh, and they just gave me a few tips and pointers. You can always accept or deny. And I accepted a few, denied a few because I always wanted it to be my own no matter what. Um and uh, yeah, we kept in touch. It took a little. It took a little longer than I thought. I'll be honest. It took about a month and a half longer than expected. But when it was ready, it was perfect. Like the printing and everything was just absolutely perfect. So it was. It was worth the wait. Awesome. That's awesome. And I know that you recently just you did like a pre-order, a pre-sale. How did that go for you? What was that experience like for you? That was awesome. Like I, I, it's my first time doing any of this. Mm-hmm. So the kind of person that I am, I've always had that doubt in myself. That's always been one of my biggest flaws that I, I question and I nitpick at my own self. I'm my biggest critic. So me putting this book out was such a tough process, but me seeing the support and the people who were waiting for it all these years was amazing i did not nowhere near expect the reaction and the support that i got i did not expect that not for an ounce but it's been a magical experience honestly i feel like this these past few weeks have been like a little cloud that i've been in uh it just makes it all worth it for real i i know that feeling that feeling of like oh my god all of these people support me it's crazy it's almost like you don't even notice Cause you're constantly go, 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 go. But then when you do something this big and they support you, you're just like, Oh my God. (laughs) Exactly. It's crazy. I just feel so, so blessed. Yeah. And then I saw yesterday you had posted your picture. You're getting ready to ship all the books. How many books do you think you approximately sold for your pre-order? Um, so it's actually for the pre-order. I sold about 280. Wow. Yes, and then we just crossed over to the 300, so I think we're at like 315 now. Wow. Um, yeah, so it's it's been nuts. I honestly I can't still believe. Like I still don't believe it. And I shipped all the books out. People are receiving them. It still hasn't even processed in my mind. I cannot wait. I saw that mine gets here on Saturday, so I can't wait. Um, uh, also. So like I mentioned, I was able to read um, two chapters. Uh, I read chapter six and chapter 14. Chapter six was so important because you touch on various different things that as a woman, we go through um, growing up in a Hispanic household. Um, for an ex- As an example, you talked about how Um, you know, growing up, there can be biases between male and female. And, you know, you can't do certain things because you're a female or you have to do certain things such as clean and take care of the kids and cook and all of that. Can you share with us a little bit more on that chapter? um, And why, you know, why it was so important to share these things in that that specific chapter? Yes. um, So I feel like 
so many of the things that we are as women, as adults, have so much to do with what we were doing when we were younger. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was, I, I... have always looked up to most of my aunts. Um, my Most of my, my aunts are Dominican and they are, most of them have been housewives and they have, you know, Dominican traditions. So that's just how they were raised. That's, that's just how they are. And I have never wanted to be that. I've always despised it. So I remember when I was a kid, I would hate how they were treated and I kind of felt a little bit of resentment towards them because I'd say, I love you. So why do you put yourself through these things? You know, like, I wish you weren't this way. And then as I grew up and I became a woman and I started to read and learn all of these things, I said, wow, these women did not necessarily have a choice. Mm -hmm. You know, they didn't necessarily have a choice. And I see that so many women can become passive and become yes women and they take care of everybody in their lives besides themselves. Yeah. And sometimes even when you don't have somebody to take care of, you feel weird. You yeah. feel like, wait, what am I doing? I need somebody to take care of. And I noticed that these things go back to when we were children because so many girls are just given that motherly role off of the strength of you being born a woman. So you can be a two-year-old mom taking care of your little brother, uh, cleaning, cooking, Looking after the house, you have the same responsibilities as a parent, and you're just a child. Yep. Um, and I think it has so much to do with sexism because, yes, boys do have a lot of responsibilities, and every every household is different, so I can't speak for every home. But I will say that in my home, girls were expected to do so much of the cooking, cleaning, atendiendo. You got to make sure everybody is comfortable. Go get them a glass of water. Sirve le café. Men eat first. Uh, men eat first, and you better serve the plate. Like, if you don't serve the plate, what kind of woman are you? You must not want to be a, a wife. Mm-hmm. So it's like all of these things are expected of us, and essentially it's just so that you can become what they think is a good wife or a good woman or a good mother. Yep. So they teach us how to be good wives instead of good women. So we're just, you know, learning how to service others and do so many great beautiful things for other people but then we're left unhappy sad lonely and under underfed basically emotionally and in all ways so that's why i wanted basically to speak for my aunts and for the little girls who come after me who notice that you know just because that's what was before doesn't mean that that's what it is now well and that um that's important because it affects us as we get older and then we're stuck as women um shedding these um i guess these habits that we have created for ourselves or that our families have created for yep. us and it's it takes a lot of reconditioning to create a new person and yep. to say no i'm gonna put myself first and no i'm not and speaking up and saying no i'm not doing that and no mm-hmm. i don't want to do that and with a smile you know and no i don't feel comfortable doing that and actually, as a woman, I get to do whatever I want, just like a man does, you know? So it's, Wow, that's mind-blowing to them. It takes a lot of courage to be able to stand up to our parents or, you know, yep. to other people in our community to say, you know, we're not doing that anymore. Yep, we're it takes so right much. <laughs> um, oh, my God, I can resonate with that. And I still, like, till this day, I still sometimes struggle with some of that. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, what, um, society, our society says we should be doing and not doing. 
Um, but then at the same time, it also kind of similar to you in your book, it pushes me to say, I'm not doing that anymore. Yep. Let me, let me do something different for myself. So mm -hmm. that's awesome. I cannot wait, cannot wait to read your book. I'm so excited. If you guys are listening and if you guys are watching, um, like I said, make sure that you guys grab her book because it's going to be amazing. And if you're Thank not, you even so if you're much. not of the Latino culture, it's great. It's a great read for people to understand, you know, why we are the way that we are, how we grew up, some of the things that we were accustomed to. It's mm -hmm. great to learn about culture as well. I want to ask you, um, what is your vision now that you're an author? Like, what do you see for yourself um, in the upcoming months, years, and are there more books to come? Um, there are definitely more books to come. I feel like as I go through life, even from day to day, I ha like I go, I go through so many things that I feel like so many others can relate to that mm -hmm. I don't think I'll ever stop writing now. Really, I don't think I'll ever stop doing it. Um, my vision for my next few months, I am working on getting the book translated into Spanish because my my main focus was I wanted to speak to our older generation. I wanted to to speak to my people, and I know that racism, classism, sexism, these are all things that we go through, mm -hmm. and I really, really wanted to help my Latino com community, mm -hmm. and I, I wanted to put it in Spanish. That was my... That was my main objective. I've always wanted the book to be in Spanish. So now it's beginning that process. Once it is published in Spanish, I'm going to uh, go to the Dominican Republic. I'm going to stay out there maybe for three or four months um, and just promote the book. And I'm also uh, looking to shoot a, a short documentary about racism and sexism in the Dominican Republic. So I'm going to also take advantage of that. So yeah, uh, my next few months is basically me putting this into Spanish, making an audio book. And moving moving into the Dominican Republic so I could help heal the island. I love that. And girl, as you speak, I'm just like, oh my God, we need to get you on the Spanish news channels, you know, TV <laughs> shows. We need to have you speak speak up for our, you know, Latin community. There's just so many right, people thank that you, you so can much. impact. And uh, and for the older generation for them to understand where we come from, you know. Mm -hmm. Um that's super awesome. So I wanna ask uh last question. If our listeners and viewers would like to connect with you, maybe they want to do an interview with you or they want to purchase your book or maybe just give you feedback, um, where can they reach you? What's the best way to reach you? Uh, the best way to reach me is on Instagram. My name is, uh, my Instagram is my name, Liz Bell Ortiz. And you can find the web, uh, the book right in my website, right on the link on my bio. Uh, my email is also there. So if you want to have any interviews, any questions that you may have, Anything that you would like to do, you can email me. I'll answer directly. Um, and yeah, I also have my baking page there. So if you want some desserts, that's fine too. But <laughs> for the most part, the book is right in the uh, the bio. Perfect. And what is one last thing that you would like to leave our listeners and our viewers with? One last, any last minute words? Uh, last minute words is follow your gut always. Um, know that confidence is the best thing that we can have once we move with this world with intention god and the universe will open these doors for us one by one and we won't even know where it's coming from mm -hmm. so that's what that's all i have to say i love yes. it well thank you so much for thank you um, allowing me to interview you today as soon as i saw your book i was like i need to interview her so thank you so much for allowing me to thank you 
Thank you and, so much for um, having me, for real. And I'm super, you know, grateful. I'm super excited for all of your success. I cannot wait to see, you know, I can't wait to read it. And I can't wait to yes. see the documentary, audio book, all of that stuff that you're going to create with it. So um, thank you so much again. And guys, if you are viewing or listening, um, thank you so much for joining in on another episode of the Janine Hernandez TV show. And we will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. I love you guys. Thank you. Hey, thanks for listening to the Janine Hernandez Experience Podcast. Make sure you like, follow, and subscribe to our channel, Instagram, and all things social media. We'll see you soon on the next episode.